1: Damn these Biloxi Blues It happens every night I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not Summer heat never treats me kind, it leaves trouble on my mind So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my nose And I'll see you at another time This highway does not know my name And nope. I don't care No, nope. I don't I No, care, care. Got three good tires and a spare right
2: to the hook right here.
1: Just a wide line tipsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to keep this low budget
2: live. Not so live, you bunch of low lifers. Thank you for joining me in the low budget live bar and grill with microphone problems got got a wonky a wonky cable or something on this microphone but it's good it's good to be back in the bar and grill this is the podcast for august 23rd and if you just joined us for the first time you are now a low lifer that is what the listeners of this program refer to themselves as so i'm not insulting you by saying that it's a it's a it's a brotherhood sisterhood even there's like two or three women that listen to this and one of them's a triple threat my wife But the low lifers, I met some low lifers up there in Wisconsin at the MPFL and a couple of them up in New York. New York, not New York, Michigan. I've been up north. It's all the same. It's all the same to me. It's like all grass that you fish is hydrilla. I think we can all agree on that. It's just all hydrilla. Uh, But I've been up north for the MPFL. I went and did, uh, like, I think in life you got to do a hard reboot sometimes. And I did just that man, I went up, I've been gone, I just got back home yesterday I'm actually recording this on Monday so the podcast is a little late Because I try to record, you know, leading up to uh, Monday So I can get it out to you guys on Monday morning But you know, I ain't that important, I ain't that important If if y'all gotta wait a few hours, you know, uh, ain't nobody, ain't life or death On whether low budget lives up in the morning But I appreciate each and every one of you that tune in every morning It's like your morning coffee, I see those comments But this one's gonna be in the afternoon for sure Because I got home yesterday evening Spent some time with the family Hadn't seen them in several days But Started my week with a reboot And uh, Several of y'all saw that on Instagram Facebook I'm sure But I went up to Lake Michigan And I actually camped On the side of Lake Michigan In uh, a little bitty Walmart tent And my favorite comment I had the express pulled up there Behind my truck And somebody said A $100,000 rig And a $40 tent And that's what it was Ultimately man uh, I had all my gear In the boat of course And I just I slept in this Two man hiking tent Solo of course And I took a cot And I, I slept up there Man it was in the 50s At night It was awesome I, I haven't done that. I used to do that Fishing team stuff And BFLs I've done the Sleeping in the truck thing And sleeping in a tent thing and And genuinely enjoy camping I just don't get to do it That much anymore and so I truly I went and bought stuff to go do it and slept slept up there outside a couple of nights got great night's sleep but more importantly caught them small mouth bass Lord have mercy I, I had a great time out there on the big water by myself no phone service which is something I used to not even think about you know when I was younger traveling the country fishing I didn't even have a cell phone and now it's like it's a little weird it's like oh man I don't I don't have a cell phone with me that works and you're out there in the middle of nowhere by yourself in that big water, and uh, it was cool. It was a, it was a really good experience. Didn't didn't look at the phone, didn't do a lot, didn't do any th work, email anything, and just uh, sent it up there on Lake Michigan. And man, I caught uh, nothing over five pounds out of five forty. I think was my biggest, but so much fun on a spinning rod and uh, light line. Just I don't know, it's a cool trip. The videos from it will be coming up soon. Hope y'all enjoy those. They they were, I kind of, you know, I documented it, talked to the camera a little bit, but it, it was fun to go up there. It's like 14 and a half, 15 hours from my house. I drove that last Sunday. Then I came back down for the MPFL there at uh, Winnebago, and it was a great event. We'll get into that, but um, a lot of fun, man. A lot of fun. Broke a brake caliper on my trailer, coming back down to uh, Winnebago to Oshkosh there. From up in up in Michigan, but thank God it happened pulling into the best western parking lot. Shout out Kyle with the MPFL. He heard the noise as I was pulling in. I was trying to back into a parking spot. The trailer wouldn't back, and it's because the caliper broken was against the uh the old disc there. We had to take it all apart. I sent it home yesterday with no brakes on the express trailer, but Going to get that fixed here pretty quick, but uh, no issues. No issues other than that. You know, it's just life on the road. You do it long enough, you're like, eh, okay, it's broken. Let's fix it. Let's figure it out. And now uh, got it done. Thankful for them good people at the NPFL. And thankful for the sponsors that make four years of this. We celebrated thanks to all of you that watched the Justin Atkins episode from Here in the Bar and Grill. I had so much fun with that one. And the sponsors make it possible. They do. I I had so many folks walk up to me in Wisconsin thankful for living that low life for low-budget live, and that's just cool for me. It's very surreal to hear that and get to meet people in person. It's what I always say about the Classic and ICAST, but the NPFL weigh-ins have been a lot of the same and can't do it without the sponsors. So I know people are like, oh, sponsor plugs. Like I don't do this to the level that I do it anymore. I just can't. Without sponsors So it's, it's awesome to have Great people like the folks at StarTron StarBright kicking ethanol in the dang teeth Man, getting it out of your chainsaw Out of your weed eater I had a lowlifer come up to me and said Hey man, I've been running ethanol free gas In my boat and It's so expensive I went and bought a StarTron because of the podcast Is that what you do? Million percent Million percent what I do I run 87 87 through my Yamaha show I drop this bad boy in a tank with every fill up No issues I do the same on my weed eater, my chainsaws My lawnmower, my side by side Everything I don't run premium in anything Little dab will do you Kick ethanol in the teeth of StarTron Ethanol will sneak up on you Just creep up on you like, like a thief in the night So you want to kick it in the teeth With StarTron, we appreciate the folks from StarTron Bringing you LBL for four freaking years Man, it's hard It's so crazy to me it's So crazy the folks at Sims Fishing Products, Sims Fishing Product. I got to wear that. I had to break out the rain suit up there in Michigan, up on Lake Michigan. at water temperature's in the sixties. A breeze blowing off of it. I've been down here in the three thousand degree Tennessee summer, and I was a little chilly, so I had to break out the Pro Dry up there, the jacket one more, and just kind of just suited up a little bit because I was cold. But then it got to about eighty degrees. Solar Flex. See what I did there? Yeah, I love. I do love the Sims gear. Solar Flex hoodie is one of my favorite sun shirts that I've ever worn. And uh, while I was up there being a small mouth hippie, I wore the same one basically like three days in a row. Hippie gypsy, no shower, just sent it. I mean, I, I'm not too proud to tell you all that. So the Sims, when I brought them home last night, the triple threat was she could smell it when I walked in the door. She could smell the clothes. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. She was not as happy about that decision as uh, as I was at the time. Small mouth gypsy life up there, but uh, Sims fishing products making amazing. Amazing apparel To get you through the elements Whether it's the rain suits Or the solar flex hoodies Like I said Out there in the sun Millions of different Maybe not millions But tons of different Variations of clothing To keep you protected And I'm here to remind All of you low lifers You get one life Fish it well Pro guide batteries Again I know y'all call BS on this Did not have power At my campsite So I didn't get to charge My batteries two days in a row And And like it was crazy i anchor locked out there in in some crazy wind the the second full day never noticed a difference and of course my garmin force has a, a meter on it and the power pole charge app does too i can check all of it but i think between those pro guides and that power pole charge truly like the battery setup's crazy but i fished two full days no charge and uh two and a half i guess and Everything was good. Running graphs all day, running, you know, running the trolling motor on, on anchor lock a ton. But ProGuide Batteries, the new lithiums, I'm impressed. You can use code LBL10 to pick yourself some up at ProGuide Batteries. And last but not least, hang the banner. Express boats, the official boat of low budget live and the traveling circus. And so many comments on so many videos about but you didn't have that thing in rough water, but you didn't have that thing in big water, but you don't take that thing to blah blah blah. Lake Michigan, baby Two full days of it out there And it was bumpy It was bumpy I I know I made a Facebook post A selfie kind of being silly And people were like Those aren't big waves Because you can judge it from a selfie But yeah, I'd say we had like three to fives Basically for two days For the most part up there And uh, I I was so impressed At how the boat handled that big water You know, that was the first time driving it And and I've I've had it in rough stuff on the Tennessee But those waves are just different up there It's like being in the Gulf of Mexico You get down in the swells You're you're riding them up And uh, I was impressed by the amount of water The boat pushes away Because some glass boats that I've driven And and aluminum boats Aluminum boats will soak you to death a lot of times right, With that spray And when you're going head on like I I was really impressed at how the front end would stay up um, And just not dig in the waste I never speared a wave And for y'all listening You may be like, okay, whatever I don't spear them in my boat but in former boats that I've had, truly, I can tell you straight up with the design and everything, I would have ate 20 waves on this trip. Without a doubt. I barely even clipped one. And I, I attribute to the fact that that boat is it is a little lighter and it's a little bouncy, you know, in the front end compared to a lot of fiberglass boats. But, dude, it kept my nose up, which is the number one thing I hate in rough water is that nose diving down. And I think that's what gets you in trouble. You you swamp the boat out. You, you know, you're taking him over the front. Never did. Didn't take him over the front. I said this when I was at OH Ivy this year, and Darien can attest to this. We were locked in some waves next to a guy in a unnamed fiberglass boat that, that was with us. He was taking them over the front the entire time. And we never took one. Ever. Same thing up there, man. I, I was so blown away by the boat. And I put it through his paces. Like I to be up there by myself, I was, you know. I was Smart but I, I did I put it through its paces and, and the X-21 was uh, I'm impressed I'm impressed to say The least with the performance in that big water so Now I've kind of checked all the boxes Like I have no problem because I am a Guy I'm honest with you I would Come back here and go Yeah you don't need you don't need You don't need one for big water uh, I'll take that boat anywhere I will And, and man I was 10-12 miles Offshore in Lake Michigan The second day it was calm wind got up Wasn't worried a bit Not in the least So uh, You know Another one off the checklist For the Express It's just It's just a great combination Of of features For a bass boat man And uh, an aluminum bass boat And it is a High performance Son of a gun You know It slicked up, up Up there one morning I ran 70 miles an hour in it But you've got the Big water performance as well Now look If I lived up there I understand why these guys Have 23 foot deep V wall Like you get it It's an ocean and I've said that to any negative commentary on a uh, on, on an aluminum bass boat about the Great Lakes and things like that. No bass boat, dude. I've been there in twenty-one foot bass boats. It, it sucks that when it blows up there, it just it just you're just there. Like it's just not a good situation to be in a bass boat. But certainly uh, was proud to be in the X twenty-one. Passed all the tests, flying colors. Love that rig with the show and uh, my setup this year, man. It's I'm, I'm having a blast in that thing. So. I want to thank Express Boats for bringing you Low Budget Live in the Traveling Circus Express Boats Building Excitement since 1966. All right, got all the rat killing out of the way, as they say. I want to say congrats to Jimmy Washam on winning the MLF title event over there in Lacrosse. Interesting event. Didn't get to watch a ton of it, obviously, because I was working. But, uh, you know, my thoughts on – I do – I hate it for a guy like Jimmy that it's not the Forestwood Cup anymore, that it doesn't pay the same, that you get a wrestling belt um, for a trophy. And I'm sure Jimmy doesn't care. He fished his guts out, had a great event, great young angler up and coming and mixed it up with, you know, the likes of a lot of BPT guys because they're fishing that too. You know, the confusing thing for me about the event was the format. Last year they fished BPT format. This year they did the five fish thing again, but then they did the split group A, group B. It was crazy. Uh, you know, and I, I think I think it was uh, i was just almost like just kind of stick stick to something, but uh, on that. But I was I'm sure all the guys were happy to see five fish, but in that format where things zero out on that knockout round day, but it's five fish. Like you burn up a lot of fish getting there, and I think it it hurts guys down the stretch. And Jimmy was able to just get in there, and then he made it, and then drops the biggest bag of the week. So, so congrats to him, two hundred thousand dollars richer. In his pocket right there for winning that title championship Congrats, we'll try to get Jimmy on uh, that, that event wrapped up yesterday afternoon And so didn't really uh, have time to reach out on that Text our guest We'll try to get Jimmy on next week though Tennessee boy, congrats on that You know, I did. I did have a, a friend of mine who has won the forestwood cup reach out about the event. And he goes, you know, it just feels weird. We used to, we went from weighing in in arenas in our championship to now we're weighing in in a parking lot. Uh, and there's no cup and it used to pay $300,000 more, but my entry fees are the same. <laughs> yeah. It, they, there's, there's a lot to that, you know, uh, but we'll see how it all shakes out for sure. There's, there's rumors of the field getting cut next year in the pro circuit, but they're going to still let BPT guys fish the feeder system and, there's uh, there's going to be some interesting changes. And then I'm hearing they're going to have sponsor exemptions though to let some guys in that probably shouldn't be in. Uh, I don't know. Hearing lots of things on the pro circuit for next year, and uh, going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Say the very least, National Professional Fishing League. Man, I, I can't believe guys, we are five. Events into this year already Only one more to go And I'm having a blast I'm having the time of my life I'm so grateful for that opportunity It is truly It's my favorite thing I've ever done Other than actually getting to catch bass It's so much fun Doing the live coverage I appreciate each and every one of you That have tuned in to that It does mean a lot We weren't given a chance I know that Especially about the fishing industry But I can assure you Now they are paying attention Very much so there's going to be things that blow folks' mind next year from MPFL from a field standpoint. Definitely going to want to pay attention to that. Lots of things changing, and we got some new new hammers coming our way. It's gonna it's gonna be really good, man, to mix it in with the guys that we've already got that took a chance to be there in this inaugural season. And I know I talk about the other trails a ton, a ton, and I don't give MPFL as much love as I as I should probably, but. You know, it was an unknown, and I was super negative about it when the announcement was made that they were going to do something like this. My bosses will tell you, I've said it on here with them here, and to see what these guys have pulled off in five tournaments is incredible. And I think anybody that's fishing this will tell you that it is. is this brotherhood, and the tournaments are very smooth. There's a lot of really good things surrounding the guys fishing, and, uh, you know, five events in, we're getting to learn and, you know, they they all stick it out. There's no cut. So they stick it out, the ones that care. They stick it out all three days. They could be in 90th place and they stick it out. They don't go home because they want it. And it's their life, you know. We've had a couple go home. We've had a couple pull out and go home. but But, you know, if you're there for show and not because it's your life, you don't have anything to lose by going home. You know, these guys put it all out there, blood, sweat, and tears, to be pro anglers. Don't have anything to fall back on necessarily. A lot of them do have day jobs, but I'm saying as far as an angling, they don't want to not be there. They're going to give it their all. We've got over 100 guys that signed up that took a chance to be in the NPFL year one, and it's just incredible. We've got an angler of the year race going in this last term, but there's no other pro fishing going on right now. And I would just ask, if you haven't watched us, all year. Watch us at grand. Watch us at grand. We've got an angler of the year race. Brandon Perkins, who won stop number four, had him on the podcast right after he won down there on Pickwick Lake, is now leading the angler of the year race. He missed winning this event by just mere ounces. Has a four point lead, four point lead over Keith Carson, and just about, I think, 20 points or so over John Sokup, who's won two events there in third place. Brandon's won over 100 grand this year. 100 grand. Keith Carson as well. We've got several guys that have won a lot of money over there um, with the MPFL, and 2022 is going to be incredible. We've got two more events. We got the final event. angle of the year is going to be decided, and I don't think you want to miss it. Like it's drama. I mean, it, it's everything you want in a pro fishing tournament. I feel like our coverage is great. We're, I mean, not my part of it, but like our cameramen are amazing. Our produce, like we're just we're bringing it way more than we should be able to with a relatively small crew. It's just awesome. It's awesome to be a part of it. But that Grand Lake tournament is going to be one to watch. It's going to be tough. The fishing conditions are going to be tough. But that AOI is going to be decided. We're going to have another champion there, obviously. And then the top 25 are going to go fish our championship. That's going to be, you know, location to be decided. But that's another chance for you to watch this year there in November. And no, this is not a fluff piece. No, my bosses didn't ask me to do this. I, I'm just passionate about it, man. I see what these guys are trying to do, and they have found a niche in the pro fishing world. And there were a lot of questions like, is it needed? Is it needed? Can it support it? And from what I'm seeing, the outpouring of anglers that want in for next year, absolutely. And, you know, we weren't full this year. That was no secret. We will be next year with a waiting list. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's amazing to see what's happened uh, But you can't forget the guys That laid it all out there To be a part of this initial year No gimmicks They just wanted to be a Part of a new professional fishing league One of those guys Let's see if he's ready here One of those guys is my guest today And I'm proud to have him on uh, I, I'm very proud of this guy Don't know him well Uh, Getting to know all these anglers By being at the events there And I had a feeling About this this young man And I think we're about the same age But I can say that Because of the gray in my beard But I had a feeling I follow all the guys on social media Or try to And he was making posts, man He was just confident And laughing And having a good time And we got to cover him A little bit at Pickwick And going in the last day He had a rough day and we didn't get to, you know, we didn't get to, I guess it was day two. He was actually in our top 10. And then he kind of faltered, fell out a little bit. And and just watching him on social media last week. He was he was very it was different. I, I don't know. Like I like I say, I follow him every day. You know, I see his stuff. He's posting on his stories. He's doing this and that. But there was something different. I told him at the meeting. I was like, dude, this is gonna be a special week for you. And he described this lake as being like his home lake. And he took the victory. Like he he won. He 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 beat a Room full of monsters That were in that top 10 And we're going to get him on the phone now Because I think he's got a very cool story It was an emotional weigh-in You know, several lead changes You know, potential lead changes Guys coming up short by ounces Brandon Perkins ultimately ends up finishing second And we're going to get Our winner On the phone right now Tell you a little bit about his story Ladies and gentlemen Buck Mallory Uncle Buck, how are you, buddy?
3: I'm good. I'm doing real good right now. I'm, uh, I've been talking to about a million and one people (laughs) and my phone hasn't stopped ringing and I really haven't slept a whole lot since, uh, since Saturday, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really relieved that the tournament's over with and the finish did happen the way that it did. And, uh. I'm excited,
1: man. I'm having a
2: good time. There, well, I was going to ask you, so we, out of the, those one million and one people, are any of those folks that were like, yeah, Buck ain't going to catch him on MP? Have you got to rub
1: it in anybody's face at all?
3: <laughs> um, I wouldn't say rub it in yet, but uh, <laughs> I've had some people that I think were a little bit more surprised
2: than I was. <laughs> that, that's awesome. You know, I actually met uh, – I met – I, I shouldn't say met johnny van dam has johnny van dam reached out to you i talked to johnny at icast and he's like yeah my buddies buck and uh and ross Rhodes are fishing with you guys
3: i'm gonna tell you so i stood in Jonathan van dam's wedding him and i are real yeah yeah for sure and i talked to him when i pulled away from the weigh-in because he so we we have this little running joke man for the last 10 years we call each other boo-boo okay and like when we're fishing like if i see he's about to go on mlf or whatever or he sees I'm about to go take or you know take off for the MPFL, we'll text back like uh, memes or gifts or whatever they're like yeah, yeah. Yogi Bear going and getting a picnic basket, right? Hey boo boo, go get your picnic <laughs> okay, basket. Okay, okay. And uh he sent me these big text messages all excited, and I called him and he was crying. He was like, you know, That's I am awesome, so dang man. proud for you.
1: That's
2: cool. I'm man. so proud
3: of you. I was like, Man, I cannot even put it in words how exciting it was. You know, he, he's like, I'm teared up, man, seeing your dad on stage with you and your mom. He goes, that made my
2: day. He goes, you you made my day. I'm so dang happy for you. So, Dude, it, it was uh, – I said that before I called. Like, it was such an intense weigh-in anyways, right? Because we were all trying to – when we go off live, we went off at 1 o'clock. You only had four fish at that point. You had three pretty good ones, one small, smallmouth keeper, and then we don't really have once, – once Dudley and I, in fact, we're off, we really don't have a way to keep up with it. And – that, and that's you know that's kind of on purpose, right? So the weigh-in is suspenseful and things like that. It's kind of old school, and we cut cut the feed a couple hours, so we had no idea. So we go around, we're like kids at Christmas. We're going around boat to boat to boat, trying to see <laughs> hey what everybody's got, and because we've watched the story play out from day one. And honestly, dude, and I feel terrible about it. We didn't give you a chance on that final day. By the time the feed cut, because you only had four. Even though we constantly say, well, there's three and a half more hours of fishing time for these guys after we cut off, you know, blah, blah, blah We say it, but then we had seen Perkins catch this big bag. We, we thought Browning had way more than he had, and you didn't have a limit yet. Keith was struggling, and then we pull in, and, and Dudley goes, dude, I think Buck's going to have it. And I said, he caught him after we went off? He's like, yeah, he caught him. He's got, he says he's got, you know, 13 and a half, 14 pounds. Perkins thought he had 16 I looked in his live, I was like, bro, you got like 17. So it all changed, and we had Schilling and Browning not be able to knock Perkins off, and dude, you won by a few ounces. And the emotion in that whole weigh-in for all of us, it was a roller coaster. But then seeing you with your folks up there, dude, it was so special. It was special.
3: It was a whole special tournament, and I don't want to sound too confident, but, like, I went and I pre-fished, and, uh, like – the week before the cutoff or like, I, so Monday or whatever was the cutoff. I left Sunday. Um, I graphed, I had a, I, I had a preconceived notion that I was going to go catch the crap out of offshore smallmouth. Yeah. Lake, like, like uh, Perkins did. Right. But the conditions weren't good for me to do that. Meaning it was too cold. I went out and I graphed rock and I fished and I grabbed for like 14 hours. I caught two smallmouth and they just, I could see them on my live scope, but I couldn't tell how big they were. And I couldn't get them to react to anything. And I, I took the option of let's change it up a little bit and let's try something different. And I, the 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 thing that gave me this idea for this dock pattern that I did was, I kid you not, you can't make this up. I was running back to the boat ramp that I put in at for practice, and it was like Middle Lake, whatever, uh, on the east side. Like it's like I don't even remember what the name of the park was to be honest. But I pulled up, and as I was idling up towards the ramp. There was a dock, and I literally had a thought in my head, man. I went, I need to go fish that dock because I've had my teeth kicked in by these smallmouth all day today. And if I could flip a jig underneath that dock and catch, like, a 12-incher, it's going to make my day better. Yeah, just it's make you feel better, yeah. Something worked. Yeah. And I pulled up there, and it's late. Usually, docks kind of, like, stop working so well when the sun starts going down. And it was, like, 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. And I went, man, this is probably stupid. It ain't going to work. And I throw that jig right there and it didn't even hit bottom. And I watch my line jump and I stick a four pounder. Wow. And I put it in the boat and I sat down and I went, huh, well, that's cool. And uh, I, w- I went to bed that night, went up to Nina, the north end of the lake, and I was going to go graft for smallmouth the next day because I still had that idea. That was what I needed to do. And by chance, it was raining so hard that. I didn't want to go run around. And then when I launched my boat, the pocket that that boat ramp is in looked like something I could go throw like a spinnerbait in in the rain and maybe get a bite. And I picked up a spinnerbait and I, by chance, because of the rain, if it wasn't raining, I never, ever, ever would have fished there. But it was raining so hard, I was like, I'm not going to fire my big motor. I just put my troll motor in. And like three casts later, I caught like a three pounder and I power pulled down. I sat in this little pocket and I caught like, Eight or nine, or between two and a half and three and a half pounds on a spinner. Wow! And I tell you, between the three days of the tournament, that same pocket produced four keepers for me. It should have been five, but I broke one off on the on day three.
2: So, what you found in prefish did end up that that area right there is what won it for you.
3: Yeah, and that same. So, like, if you were to go de- geographically here, looking at a map, if you were to go due north, right across the river from where I put in. Was that lone random dock That I caught a four something Almost a four And another one that was just at three pounds On the final day In that oh, spot man, I went there man. every day And I caught those fish there
2: Same dock and you told me actually at the I think it was that the first day weigh in You were like man I shook off fish on that dock In official practice That I caught my best one there today I think it was the fish I shook off Then the second day we're watching you live You pull up and catch another four pounder off of it yeah uh, Matt, yep. it, we, we heard a lot about Keith Carson's magic tree all week But dude you had the magic dock
3: I had, a, I had several magic docks And it's the weirdest thing Because I fish a lot of docks here in Michigan Like when I fun fish like the Wednesday night beer league Or whatever you know what I mean Yeah. Um, and you can go around to most of these inland lakes I mean don't get me wrong Winnebago is huge But it's still an inland lake And it's northern Michigan You know a northern largemouth fishery Usually you can just go cover shoreline and get a million bites, a lot of short fish, and it's kind of random where you're going to get a good bite. Well, for whatever reason, and I don't really know what it is, but if I got a bite on a dock, I would waypoint it, and I could go back there every day and get bit on that dock again. And oh, wow. I literally, a lot of my fish came through from docks, that I not only shook fish off in practice, but I would be able to go right back to that dock in the tournament and catch another fish.
2: Thank thank God you shook them off, right? <laughs>
3: Right. I, I swear because, like, I, I told my parents and my whole family and everybody that's, that's home that's probably going to be listening to this, um, because of the way that it, sh- it showed itself in that pre-fishing extravaganza that I did over there, I, uh, I was never going to have a hook on in practice.
2: Like wow. What I went, wow.
3: I went to that little river spot that you guys saw me on live and I caught a couple smallmouth there. I tried that one evening just before I put the boat out of the water. I threw a drop shot up there one time. I caught a little over a two-pound swamp mouth, and I left it. Um, the thing that screwed that whole spot up, and I don't want to, like, pick on anybody, so I won't say no names. I don't even remember his name off the top of my head. But another guy did find that. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't do very well, but he gave me the info that gave me the idea that I shouldn't really rely on that spot as much as I would have because in pre-fishing, I found that spot directly after I found that little pocket of lily really pads with, where I caught those on the spinner bait, I went up in that river to stay out of the big lake because it was blowing and raining, and I pitched up to this current seam, and I caught, like, 10 or 11 in a row, and I'm not kidding you, not even smallmouth fishing or anything like that. This was just largemouth in the river uh, with, like, a rage bug. Just flipped up there, and I caught them because I had a month almost until the tournament. I caught, like, 15 in a row, and Jeez. I couldn't believe it. They were all, like, 2 to 3 pounds, and I'm like, everybody that I've talked to and I talked to a lot of guys in our league. We, you know, we, we became like a family. It's awesome. No doubt about league.
1: it.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and we run stuff by each other and I'm sitting there going, these guys are screwing with me because I'm talking to a lot of guys that are hammers that are getting like five bites a day. If they're lucky and they're going to look for like eight to 10 pounds. I'm going, I'm, if these guys are honest, and most of them are really honest with you and uh, I'm going, I got a chance here. Well, that spot didn't plan out as good as I planned because old oh boy that found it stuck every fish he could in practice. He oh, told me wow. he caught like 30 fish off there. <laughs> and yeah. I sat there on, on spot lock on day one when he told me that and I'm fishing it. And he's like, yeah, see that post over there? I caught like a five, six. And I'm like, you caught it? He goes, so yes, stuck him and boat flipped and he's huge.
1: Oh, did, man. You
3: te- did you catch many? He goes, I probably caught 30, 35 fish off here. I went. Okay, so you screwed the spot up. I won't really lean on it so much then.
2: <laughs> You're like, off to the
1: docks.
3: <laughs> right, and, and you know, th- that put a lot of pressure on me, to be honest, because I had a, a preconceived notion because of how good it was. If nobody else knew that it was there, I could pull up there early in the morning, throw a, uh, that rage bug or drop shot because I caught smallmouth and largemouth on both, and I could get a limit like in 20 to 30 minutes, and then I could go do these docks because they were very random, Not not a whole lot of fish on them. And if I could get like one or two big coals a day, I could have that 14 to 15 pounds a day and I wouldn't have to stress all day. And day three, I felt like I had like this 500 pound, 800 pound gorilla (laughs) choking me out going, you ain't getting that fifth fish, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I I
2: can imagine.
3: And when I finally caught the fifth fish, um, I'll be honest, I got the fish was stupid. I I got so lucky that I I can't even explain the emotion that went through my head because I I told my cameraman, I said, this is a hard dock to get to. It's very shallow. And I don't think anybody else is going to be there. I haven't fished it all week in, in the tournament, but I pulled up there two or three days in a row in practice and just without a hook and got bit. And I moved them, and I could feel, and you can see there, it's it's only like 10 inches deep. I said, it's like a three-pound fish. It's there, and I think it's the same stupid fish every day. I pull up there, and I'm confident, thinking it's going to happen. And I slide that rage bug underneath there, and when that fish hit, Instead of, like, going through the due process of, like, reeling down, (laughs) getting pressure and swinging, my big goofy self comes up there and slack lines this fish so hard that, like, the hook and the weight come flying out, and he took the plastic. And I went, I never even felt him. I ripped it so hard. I go, oh, my goodness, I just ruined it. And I sat down, and I, like, had to regain my composure. Like, I was shaking so bad I couldn't even rig my rage bug. (laughs) I I took a breath, and I told him, I said, I think. That, that fish will bite again. And I throw back underneath there and I let it sit. And it probably sat there for like five or six seconds. It felt like 30, but like <laughs> five or six seconds. And I feel a tick and I went, don't mess this one up. I reel into him and I stick him and I get him in the boat. And it was like a three pounder.
1: Jeez.
3: <laughs> and my cameraman, I, I mentioned him on stage. Uh, Jake is his name. Yep. He's amazing. He's very interactive with you. Yeah, high fiving me, fist pumping me because he knew how excited I had It's like to be a back. team
2: with the camera guys, man. It is. We say that all the time on live. Like they pull for you guys.
3: They do, and you know, uh, he's uh so the the one that I that I had in uh, Pickwick, he was quiet and he just kind of did his job. Yeah, like he was like, I'm holding the camera. I'm not saying nothing. We're not going to have a conversation all day. So it was like an awkward silence yeah. in the back, like you know somebody watching you all day almost like you're you're
2: like me you're a talker you you want somebody to talk to
3: (laughs) yeah and and you know what he i think i think jake picked up on that quick and he would like have conversations with he was like fishing with one of my boys at home you know what i mean and the only thing that was different was he wasn't trying to either beat me or help me yeah that's right that's right (laughs) he was just like hey man that's awesome good for you and he was like asking me like you know questions that kept my mind running like why this dock? What 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 made you want to go to this specific spot or whatever? And I was like, you know, interacting with them. I'm like, man, I don't understand what it is either. But like this dock or that dock has a lot of bluegill on it, and like the next two hundred don't have anything. Yeah. And I don't know why. I don't know what made them be there, but it was literally to the point where I could on day three, I was running, setting the boat down in a foot and a half of water, dropping the trolling motor, fishing two or three docks that I already got bit on that- and it made it so I could cover a lot of water. And honestly, the, the, the actual cold fish that I won the tournament with, I caught it at 4 o'clock. Jeez. And I caught that fish by luck. And I'm going to say luck because I had some fish that I had left because I wanted them for the final day. Because I, when I saw day one, I didn't go by them because I thought 14 pounds is pretty close. And then day two, I just never got down south. Cause I had 14 pounds and I was pretty happy with where I was at. And I was like, yeah, hey, why bring the gas, you know, saving for day three, you're going to really want to show this up. I had some docks down South of a real shallow, uh, that I shook off like five pounders on. I could see them. The water was clear and I was like, God, that's almost a five pounder. Oh, that was well over five pounds. And I thought I was going down South on the, the third day and going to just knock it out and two and a half hours. I never got a bite. Wow. And I don't know if other people caught them or other people, Hooked and lost these fish And smartened them up You know what I mean But On the way back to the boat ramp Literally I had like One little stretch of docks By the boat ramp That I got a bite or two in And I knew it was going to be Overly pressured But I had to just go do something But it was like 3.45 Quarter to four And I had like The 35 minute boat ride I was like oh, I'll just head back north And I had my map Zoomed out quite a ways As I was running And I see this little waypoint Way back here in this pocket And I was like What is that? I had no crumb trail to it. Like I had ran it off around enough that like my crumb trail was gone to it. And I went, why do I have a waypoint there? I scrolled over to it and I zoomed in and I actually had two side by side and the light bulb went off and I went, oh, that's that little secondary point and there's two docks together and I got two bites there, and I ain't been there all week since like the first day of practice. I went, oh crap, and I took off. And when I sat down, I said, Jake get that camera ready. I know live's off, but they want these, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, we want those fish catches. Yeah.
3: I was like, this is, if there's nobody been messing with this, this is a good fish. i seen it plain as day, and I'm going to try to catch it, and I, you can't script it any better to be a panic, but awesome feeling. I throw underneath the dock. Didn't bird's nest because of pressure or anything else. <laughs> it was smooth. I'm like, oh, that worked out, and about the time the light bulb went off, but that worked out, and I engaged I realized how my reel. I saw my line was already swimming, and I was like, good God, he's got it. Don't do what you did the last one. Relax. And I let this fish have it for a minute. And I reel into him and stick him. And when he turned, I go, oh, geez, it is a big one. And we're no nets. So I'm thinking, I'll scoop him, right? I'm like, just be safe. I'll scoop him. And I get him by the boat. And I saw that I had him stunned from apparently setting the hook hard enough or getting him crossed or what. But he yeah, had his mouth wide open. He was just wallowing. I'm like, I've learned in the decades that I've fished, not trying to age myself, but I've been doing this since I was a little boy, that when you get them wide open mouth, they ain't fighting, you can just flip them in the boat. Yeah. Why Why reach around? Why give them a chance to shake? You know what I mean? So I reel down and I just go to flip him and that fish got like six inches above the gun of my boat and my line broke.
1: No, oh, me! And
3: he falls in the bottom of the boat and I kid you not, I melted down. I laid on the ground with my foot on the fish so it couldn't jump out of the boat and I like started crying because I knew that that fish was a two something cull at four o'clock on the nose my alarm was going off on my phone Jeez, and I was I, I looked at Jake and I said dude I don't know how everybody else did I really don't but I think that this just gave me 14 pounds and I grabbed the repeller scale out and I culled out the fish and I look at the scale and obviously there's waves when you're weighing so there's inconsistencies but it gives you a good idea and I was sitting there looking at it, and he, he could see that I had, like, tears rolling down my cheek. And I don't want to sound like a softie, but, like, this was very emotional for it's me. It's an intense moment, man. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I look at it, he goes, what you see? I said, I see a number, and it's like 13. I don't have the scale in front of me, so I'll tell you exactly what it is because I haven't cleared it. It was like 13.77. He said, yeah, you're close to 14 pounds. I said, buddy, I'm just going to tell you that yesterday my scale said 13.62 when I was over 14 pounds I said that I'm pretty sure that When that biggest one that I caught today was shaken I tagged him here on a low end So I think I've got over 14 pounds Yeah
2: And, and those Rappler scales there. always weigh a little lighter Than tournament scales No matter which trail you're on We see that all the time
3: Yeah, I mean I, when I won my BFL on Lake St. Clair last year I had 23 something On my Rappler scale and I had like 25.9 When I actually weighed in, in For the MLF scale You know what I mean Wow uh, So yeah They're they're definitely a little off And that's, that's good for me Because I can almost I can even go a little lighter on that With our live app Because I'd rather stand back Than be the guy that goes Man I got 18 Yeah And you weighed in 14 You know
1: what I mean Yeah we give you guys a
2: hard time For doing that But but it, you're doing it out of your own uh, Safety precautions <laughs> Nobody wants to All be right. that guy Y'all got 18 I got 11 <laughs> Nobody wants to be that dude. We see it sometimes, too.
3: And, and like, this whole thing was such a whirlwind that, like, I'm probably hitting a lot and I'm probably talking a lot here. But one of the most memorable things of this whole thing was, and I I look up to all you guys, like, this is due for me. I feel like I'm a a rookie, even though I've been fishing my whole life. Uh, To go on a national tour and to have, like, you and Dudley as the commentators is huge for me. I've been watching both you guys since I was younger um, and following along throughout your careers and stuff. And it's huge. And Dudley climbed in my boat. And I really look up to Dudley. I've always thought he's just not only is he like a very smart guy, but he's a heck of a fisherman. You know what I mean? And he gets in my boat and he says this to me. And I, I like melted like starstruck fanboy because he's, you know, watching along live. And he, he gave me like an inspirational quote. And he's like, I, I'm going to tell you like, because he didn't know I had five
1: even. Yeah. He's
3: like yeah. I'm sure this isn't the finish that you wanted, but I'll be honest with you, I love watching you fish. Yeah. You fish for with sure. extreme intensity and you're very thorough and you're, you you really do the live well and he's I just love watching you fish and it inspires me to want to go out and fish more. And no doubt,
2: like, man. We talked about that a lot this week. Yeah.
3: And I it, like that like touched me like
2: And then you got um, a Dudley extreme. hug when you won.
3: I did. He so I, I called it. I said I said, thanks. I mean, I said, that really means a lot to me. And I was kind of joking with him. I was like, you don't know that I got five, do you? He goes, you got five. <laughs> I said, yeah. I said, I, he goes, what do you got? And he was like getting all nervous. And I was like, man, I think I got close to 14 pounds. He's like, stood up and he got loud with me. He's like 14. What? I go look at the live. Well, and he wouldn't do it. He's like, no, 14. What buck? And I was like, yeah like fourteen man, but fourteen he goes he's like counting with his hands, I'm yeah, like, oh, oh yeah, hard about it. I said, but when I go up there and I win, you get up here and give me a damn hug,
1: that's <laughs> and he awesome, said, you
3: got it, buddy, you got it and uh and it happened yeah, he, he did he came up and like jumped on me like a spider monkey
2: <laughs> he did. yeah, it was uh it it was such a cool moment man and and for you to win fishing those docks and to hear hear you say that your dad. dad your whole life's like you better go fish them boat docks buck like your whole life like why don't you just fish docks because you are you, you guide on St. Clair you fish offshore a ton but you grew up you said in the back of your dad's boat fishing boat docks and things and you learned everything from him it was a very man it was such a touching moment for me because I'm the same guy you know I grew up fishing with my dad a lot of the things that I, I do to catch bass now I learned from him like a lot like yourself and so to have him there, to get him up on stage, you had your uncle there, you had your mom there. It, it was cool, man. It was so cool. But uh, something I heard you say at the first of this, you said, man, you were talking about the guys in the league and the MPFL." Talk a little bit about that camaraderie because Dudley and I, we, we fished a lot of tournaments, obviously, Dudley way more than I have over the years, but we've never seen anything like what we're witnessing out there on the league this year as far as just – How everybody treats everybody. It's incredible.
3: Yeah, it it is. And, like, uh, you know, at first, because you nailed it, I've fished the Opens. I've fished the Toyota Series. I've fished the BFLs. And the only time I've ever had the camaraderie like we have in this league where everybody just appreciates one another and everybody's friends is, like, the Saturday Morning one, uh, yeah. the Grand River in Michigan when you know everybody in the field already anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in the first tournament in Ufala, I'll be honest, I'm this is we're almost at the end of the first year and I'm really proud that I've had the year that I've had. I've I've had a couple of mishaps, whatever, but um I was standoffish at first because people were so like instantly wanting to be friends and I was
1: like Yeah it's this it's, it's weird.
2: Yeah, you're like this isn't what the Toyota this is because I was like, this is what the I mean the FLW tour was great, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of really great people, nice people. And it did have that
1: feel, but dude it's a it's a little it's a little strange.
3: It is. And what I really think a lot of it is, and this is just coming from my feeling. And it could be wrong, but I this is I, I pick up on a lot of things I I feel like everybody knows that we're all like in the same boat. We just really wanted to have a chance.
2: Yeah, man. And,
3: and to have the chance that the league has given us is huge. Like, I don't know. It was been a few years back. I qualified for the tour where I got it. I don't know if I to want to call it qualified, quote unquote, but I got an invite. Yeah. From for FLW. Course, yeah. Tour,
1: yeah.
3: And I turned it down because I didn't know if I could do it financially. And I didn't know that I was good enough. And I was like, man, I compete pretty well. I do well. I can catch fish, but am I good enough to fish against some dudes that have been doing this for 30 years that won like $6 million? You know what I mean? I'm like, man, that's intimidating. Well, when I got the invitation and the what now for to go to the league, I went, this is a big payday because not so much the 50 grand for a first place for a national title, but I, I kind of assumed that they were going to get something better than that, but I'm happy. Like, that's great. They pay so well down was the difference. It's like, to me, I went, oh, 50 grand, that's like fishing open, what's the big deal? But then I looked at the pay scale, is it 36 yes. place, nine grand? No I'm like, doubt. oh, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I can live with that.
2: And um, and as we grow, I know, you know, Brad and and Al and Michelle and Paul, you know, the goal is obviously they'll have a six-figure payday one of these days. You know, will it be oh, next yeah. year? I doubt it, you know, um, just from – but but – we're going to have a full field We're going to pay deeper in the field next year There's no doubt about it But you know it, it, no. I love how you said nobody We just wanted a chance We just wanted a chance And I feel like that Working with the league I just wanted a chance I wanted a yep. chance to, to be a part of this new thing Once I sat down with Al and Paul and Michelle and, and Brad And learned more about it And nobody gave us collectively a chance In the professional fishing no. industry Whether that's no, the anglers Whether that's us Hey, it's a bunch of nobodies. Nobody knows anything about it. And I said on this podcast multiple times, everybody's a nobody until they're a somebody. 100%. A- and that and that's it. And we all just want a chance. So I think that this camaraderie comes from everybody's kind of got a chip on their shoulder a little bit. You yeah. know, with with whether it's the industry or or whether it's just their buddies at home or whether it's guys they fish tournaments against, that nobody or sponsors for not giving us a chance. And And you're seeing that more and more each tournament. We grow stronger with each event and what we're seeing is we've got our own stars. And dude, I just want to tell you, welcome to uh Pro Bass Fishing Stardom brother. You got your uh, you got your first trophy in the inaugural year. They ain't anybody ever gonna take it from you. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, that I, I said that to everybody that I talked to, you know, that were like wanting to really be be more than superficial, hey, thank you, or you know, hey, congratulations yeah, yeah. on the win people that want to get into it. I'm like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm sitting here in my truck right now and I've got a $50,000 check in my center council. That I'm afraid to cash. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's like the biggest, my account seen. that I so I have a fishing account. looks like everybody else should, that does this. You right. Right. Professional. You want to have a business. You want to be able to do your taxes. my, Count ain't seen the $50,000 spike, and when it does, I'm gonna probably get a call. Hey, what
1: happened? <laughs> hey, Buck, just, something's something broken. Did you, yeah, right. did you rob a bank? What's going on? Yeah, right. well, what not... happened here? Yeah. Did you get
3: a sponsor? Oh, <laughs> did I won a tournament. But, That's awesome, um, man. More than any of it, this trophy that I swear to God to you is strapped into my front seat right now, right next to me in a seatbelt. It's like my, my baby. <laughs> I kissed it goodnight last night. Um, <laughs> That will never go away for the rest of my life. And if I never win another one or if I win 30 of them, I'll never forget the first one. I promise you. It was too memorable with my parents being able to come over, my family, you know, and being an inaugural year. That will always be with me. But that hunk of metal there, that big old shield, that will sit on my mantle no matter what house I live in for the rest of my life. No doubt
2: about it, man. And I, And I, I, it's incredible. Such yeah. so cool gives me chills here. And you say that, man, and and you told me uh, on Saturday evening you own your own business. So the yes. timing's never really been right to jump out there, but you actually own your own construction business. So this week you'll be back business as usual after you get off off these podcast interviews today and running around showing off that new hood ornament you got. You're gonna be <laughs> you're gonna be right back to work,
1: right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've already actually had to make some calls this morning and stuff. So what I did. And I'll, I'll give her a plug here because she deserves a heck of more than just what I'm doing here because she helps out with a lot of stuff behind the scenes. But uh, Hannah, my yeah. girlfriend, she travels with me. Um, she's a behavioral analyst, okay? She works with autistic children. Oh, awesome. But she, but she studies human behavior in general. And I learned how to run my business from my dad. My dad's old school. He was very successful, but he was scaled to he was the foreman. He was the head carpenter. He was the bidding agent. He was the one that signed all the contracts. And he did all this stuff after five o'clock when he was done working. So you would have like a 13 hour work day.
2: No doubt. Every yeah. day. Like so many business like, owners do. Yeah.
3: Right. He's like, you can't get jobs done. If you're not on the job, the guys will milk the clock. You've got to be the one that signs all the contracts as people try to take your money. He did all this stuff. And it's the way that it was then hundred percent. But that was what I was beating into my head since I was young. I watched him bid jobs, at the kitchen table since I was a little boy, you know, and that's how I learned how to do what I do. And I do that, but she taught me to get guys off of an hourly schedule and put them on like a by the job schedule. Mm -hmm. So then I could leave the guys knew X amount of dollars was theirs, whether they worked for three days or 30. So it's, it's, it's good for them to get it done faster. And then I still have a contract with them for the quality to make sure that it's done. Right. And By scaling myself to be what they call the general contractor where I'm like the one that makes the phone calls, makes all the materials show up on time, get the contract signed, all the building permits, all the stuff, the organizer, I just have the crews to build them now. I can leave for a week to fish and it's been the best decision I've ever made in my life because now I have the freedom to do what I've really wanted to do since I was a little kid. I wanted to be a professional fisherman since I think the year was 94. I qualified for the Bassmasters Casting Kids Championship, and I went to Greensboro, North Carolina, to the Bassmasters Classic and competed myself. I was like, when you see the math, 86. I was seven years old, and I watched – I don't remember his name offhand. This is bad, but he was the Bass Nation dude. Brian Kirchell.
2: Brian Kirchell, yep.
3: Yep, and when I watched not only him make his dreams come true on that stage – rest in peace, sir. You were great. No doubt
1: about that. Um,
3: I got to see guys like Kevin Van Dam, who I've known around my hometown my whole life. Cause I'm from Kalamazoo area. Um, you know, the back then fish Fishburne, He was this big celebrity, like goofball. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I watched all these One things. One of my I got favorites. Danny, yeah. And I met Danny Brower and all these guys. Right. And I was, I was in love with the sport that, and I grew up a little bit. I started playing football. I laugh at these kids now, man. If I had the opportunity when I was in high school, that was like to date the year I graduated in 04, if there was this high school fishing, I'd have never played a dang
1: day of
2: football no, in my life. Yeah, say, <laughs> say, I would have never done anything. There, I mean, I was and fishing see, all through high school, but we didn't have the official opportunity, you know, that these kids do now for sure.
3: Right, yeah. Like I said, I fished with my dad all the way till I had a driver's license, and he was nice enough and lucky enough for me that when I got a driver's license, he bought a – it was a pile, but he told me he wanted me to earn it, and he, I'm going to tell you what, he's a great guy. I, I love my dad. He's my hero. Um, But he he made me earn everything, so, like, it, it was funny. He got me this – I think it was, like, an 86, 87, 17-foot bass tracker, like the, you know, the Protein 175 or whatever they call yeah. it, right? but it had a 20 horsepower mercury and it had like a 25 pound of thrust trolling motor. And I had not a single fish finder on it. And I won tournaments out of that pile <laughs> flipping, flipping, flip, flipping docks. Like I, I lost tournaments because like I was out there in a three hour, four hour tournament trying to rewire my live well pumps to kept dying. <laughs> and then my next boat from there was like this little fiberglass bass track. It was like a, uh, 1600 series something it had like a 90 horsepower, Evan root on it, but still not a fish finder on it. And he got me that for my graduation present, and it was like the greatest thing ever. I could go like 35 miles an hour. I was like Yeah, you
2: were you and, were big uh, big time in then, man.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I went up like four years of modeling this fiberglass. Like, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I'm out there waxing it, you know, making it look brand new all the time, whatever.
2: But that's cool.
3: You know, um, I I learned that like. I was mad at times because I knew other people that like had a a little bit of a different, you know, happening to get where they wanted to go. And I was jealous, but like looking at it now and like letting everything sink in the fact that I've had to like build my own way and to get there, to have the moment that I had this weekend, like it's putting tears in my eyes now because it's, it was so worth every minute of it.
1: That's
2: that's, amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. Full circle. Buck Mallory, you are a National Professional Fishing League champion. And, dude, I appreciate you giving us, low lifers, some time here on this Monday, man. Anything you want to plug, your Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, before we let yeah. you get back to showing that trophy off.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, I mean, I, I, have a, I don't have a YouTube channel yet. I'm, actually, I do, but I've never actually posted to it. I need to get better at that. But uh, you can follow me on Facebook. It's Buck Mallory Bass. My Instagram is Buck Mallory underscore fishing. Um, I try to keep, you know, creative content on it all the time. Um, I'm actually going to start throwing in my everyday life too, because I want people to really realize that I'm not just some spoiled kid that gets to go fishing. Um, I, I want to let people know what I do, you know, outside of the box. So, yeah, man. um, I'm going to do all that all the time now coming, you know, coming forward here. And it was honestly an honor to be here. I know there's been a lot of greats on this show and a lot of people listen to this, so thank you everybody that does tune into this and I hope you got some entertainment out of it. And yeah, I, I'm still kind of at a loss for words, believe it or not, as much as I talk. So I appreciate all of it.
2: Well, dude, I am uh, super proud for you. I told you it was going to be a special week. I just had that feeling, man. And uh, you made me look like a genius. So I appreciate that (laughs) because I don't look like that very often. Ladies and gentlemen, stop number five champion Buck Mallory.
3: Thank you so much. Lou. Appreciate you,
2: dude, dude. Very much.
3: Do me one quick favor. Absolutely. Rub that genie bottle that you got and make sure that I have a special
2: weekend in <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll dig in. I'll dig in on that genie <laughs> bottle for you, buddy. I appreciate All it right. so much, buddy. Thanks for that. Thank you, Buck Mallory.
3: Thank you.
2: There he is. Champ Buck Mallory. Man, I, I, I've enjoyed getting to know these guys so much this year. And Buck was a guy I didn't know a lot about, you know, coming into the uh, coming into the year. Just like y'all don't, you know, uh, out there, you don't know a lot of our field. And uh, it's so cool to see who's who and what who does what, and and uh, you know their fishing styles and their personalities, and getting to know so many of them. And uh, Buck is never at a loss for words. He's a lot like me in that, and I've enjoyed talking to Buck a lot this year. And super proud for him, man. He just he he's just a positive guy that you like to be around, you hear him there growing up in Michigan, hard-nosed with his dad, you know, kind of putting him through his paces. And and to hear him say on stage that his dad just beating his head over, over the years growing up about fishing docks and fishing docks and fishing docks, and then for him to win his first major win in this inaugural season, doing that with his dad on stage, it was – go back and check it out if you haven't seen it because it's a special moment. It really was a special moment, but thanks to Buck for coming on on this fine Monday. Thanks to each and every one of you low lifers out there that listen, tune in, watch it on YouTube, comment, subscribe, all that stuff that make this all possible. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. I appreciate it. Uh, I do want to say we are not going to have, unless a small miracle happens, a boats and pros in August. We we have uh, Tanner Lines and I, so many conflicts. Trying to get one uh, shot uh, with a couple guys. We had some scheduling things. We had one lined up and then fell through. So, going to try to shoot for two in September. We're going to see what's going to happen. May try to film one later this week. We're, we're, we've got calls out, but it's we've, it's we've it's been a lot. I'll just put it that way. Um, and that's, you know, that's one thing I talk about. I got a lot of irons in the fire between, you know, what I do for T.H. Marine with the podcast and then Boats Pros, MPFL, Not to mention having a uh, a wonderful family So a lot of things going on all the time And we are trying to desperately get some more of those filmed And we will very soon I can promise you that Thank you for the kind words and the comments every week Thank you for watching Everything that I put out there traveling circus wise It means a lot to me I'm going to take you out with some Biloxi Blues Be sure to hug your mama And I will see y'all next time I'm going to leave them in
1: the past Any diary Lord, I'll be fine It don't matter East or west North, south Wherever the wind blows I'm leaving those Burdens at rest This highway It does not know my name And I don't care No, I don't care Heading my way For another place And I got and a spare just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get
0: there yeah. I'm Will Cooper host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast if you haven't already download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere anytime and on any device